welcome back to Kumo's Unfiltered Convos podcast. Um, so this is actually going to be the last episode of season one. This is episode 13, um, and it is going to be the last episode. First of all, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you to each and every individual that has listened to this podcast. It's not just people listening from the United States. It's literally all around the world. Um, I'm truly grateful. Um, when I first started this podcast, I didn't expect people from different countries to be listening. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to this podcast and supporting me. Um, I'm getting a little emotional as I just say thank you to every listener and subscriber because honestly, y'all, like I just started this podcast doing something that I love. And one of the things that I love is just having real conversations and real dialogues with people and just really getting to know people on a whole different level um, and just being authentic and sharing my truest self with you all. Um, so thank you so much for listening to me, uh, playing and sharing my content and your encouraging words. Honestly, it truly means a lot to me. I still don't know what I'm doing as a podcaster. I'm constantly learning, making mistakes, um, and just growing as a human and as a creative. So thank you for um, you know rocking with me through it all, even through the technical difficulties, because um, you know it, that's what comes with technology and being in a global pandemic. So thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for every listener, subscriber, for sharing, for uh, just sending positive vibes my way and positive energy. Um, it really just means a lot to me. I will be back with season two um, and I'm excited for that. So this is not the end. It's just, you know, taking a little break and stepping back a little bit um, and taking care of my mental health. Um, but I will be back. So in the meantime, I hope that you will continue to listen um, and just continue to share this work and sharing the platform as well. But nonetheless, everybody, thank you for subscribing to Kumo's Unfiltered Combos podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you to every guest that has come on this podcast, on this platform, and you've trusted me with your stories and, and been vulnerable and kept it 100 with our audience and our viewers. So thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Um, other than that, everybody, thank you. I love you, and I appreciate I appreciate you all. Um, so keeping you, keep changing the world, and keep dismantling white supremacy and this fucked up system, and pursue your dreams. And I know it's not easy, and it's okay not to be okay. We don't have to be perfect. Show up as you are and your truest self. Thank you, everybody, and I will see you next time with season two. Hey everyone, welcome to Kumo's Unfiltered Convos podcast. This is episode 13. Yes, you heard that right, y'all. 13. Um, and I'm so excited for this next episode. As you know, I always say I'm excited just because, again, um, having a podcast is not an easy thing. Um, it, it really just teaches you a lot about the behind the scenes producing and just making sure that you're doing it the right way. Um, so I'm really just excited to always facilitate these conversations and having different types of people on this platform. Um, and my next guest for today is Trinity Miracle. Um, I did have a conversation with Jasper, who you listened to in episode 12, and we did mention Trinity's name a little bit. Um, so I'm here just excited to have this conversation with Trinity Miracle. 
Jericho. Um, and she's just a phenomenal, phenomenal black woman. Um, and I'm excited to just hear y'all just learn from her and just sit and just listen as we just talk about what we're going to be talking about. Uh, so Trinity, welcome to Kumo's Unfiltered Convos podcast. Thank you. <laughs> Congratulations on 13 episodes. That's really huge. Oh, thank you, Trinity. Yeah. And I um so just a little bit um about Trinity, y'all, is that she is a 19-year-old black queer woman who is a current student at Arizona State University and she's major- majoring in justice studies. She's a community organizer, an activist, and a multidisciplinary um artist who also goes by the name Afro is it Afro Syriac? It's Afroetic. Afroetic. Okay, my bad. <laughs> yep. No, no, you're fine. Like poetic, oh. but Afroetic. Afroetic. Okay, perfect. And she also has just recently launched her podcast titled Afroetic, uh, Afroetic's uh, Audio Talk. You can stream episode one titled How Woke the White Folk on YouTube. First of all, congratulations on just launching your podcast as well, girl. Let's go. <laughs> They, it's I've been slacking. I haven't recorded episode two. It's just been it's been like a month or so since I put that out, and I'm like, dang, <laughs> I haven't even picked. I have I need to get the ball rolling. No, honestly, listen, girl. Like I, I actually took a break from releasing a couple episodes just because you know it's it's a lot. We're in a pandemic, so there's a lot going yeah. on. So no, no pressure yeah. at all. Um and. You're also one uh, one of your passions, Trinity, is that you love you like to be at the you live at the intersection of art and justice to create captivating and radical statements. Let's go. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes girl. We're here for it. Um, so, yeah, welcome to Kumo's Unfiltered Convos podcast. Um, first of all, how have you been during this global pandemic uh, with the uprisings and everything that's going on currently? It's been a lot of ups and downs, just, I guess, just through this pandemic through, I guess, April or March, um, and just seeing what's going on. Initially, like when the protests started happening, I was in Texas visiting my family and I was like, I just, I just want to go back to Arizona. Like, I gotta go. Like, I'm seeing all these actions happening and I, I just felt the need to like get on the ground and go. And it was a really hard time during that time since then. I've been able to do a little bit better, but, you know, just making it through day by day. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's what all of us are saying, just day by day, honestly. That's all we can do, you know, because don't nobody know. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, don't nobody know, like, what's going on. Like, it's literally, even sometimes it's just taking it second by second, like, mm-hmm. or, or minute by minute, you know what I mean? Because things are just constantly changing like there's just a lot going on um so yeah yeah, and And, oh go ahead oh sorry no No, you're good sometimes I feel the need like to go on a social media cleanse I'm like no like I gotta know what's happening like things happen so fast and if you close your eyes for one second somebody's dying some crazy's on the news like it happens at the speed of light no I feel that I actually took um a a social media cleanse like this past week just because again like there's so much going on you know and and I agree with you like it's like when you're not on social media you don't know what's going on right like and then when you log back on you're like oh shit like all this happened like how did I miss it right (laughs) Um, even for just a day right even just for a day like there's just so much that goes on and 
And it's like when I logged back in, like it seems like a different world. Like social media mm-hmm. is just a different world. Um, but it's necessary. Like it's literally where we're getting our information from, you know, it's through our screens. Yeah. Like that's how we get our information faster than the news. Um, so I agree mm-hmm. with you. Like I'm stuck in that in that um uh, phase of like, wait, do I like not log off or do I stay on forever? Like it's hard, you know, because it's also you're being bombarded with a lot of information and so much, but then it's like, well, I gotta know too you know so mm. yeah like, and, I definitely but agree. really if you follow the right people and you know get your algorithm going it's not even social media like I feel like it's just knowledge media at that point <laughs> information hub central like if you craft it the right way it could really benefit you but then again you gotta be ready for the information overload yeah yeah I, I agree I agree with that and, and Trinity, you were actually, you and Jasper and your whole crew were the ones who were part of the march that um, happened with the high schoolers. I believe that was in um, in June, right? Where, like, where you all, like, marched at the uh, Phoenix School Union District, just, like, demanding that they remove the police out of the schools. Um, and you and, and Jasper were part of that. Um, can you just tell mm-hmm. me a little bit about what your experience was like being part of a, of a, of a young group of young people that were like, yo, like we're going to demand better. Like, what was that like for you during that time? And there was a lot going on. There was P those, you know, uh, those people even attacking like leaders and everything Mm. like that. Like, did you like, how did you feel like in that moment being like, yo, like we're going to do something that this might risk us like our lives, like our livelihood, but we need to do the right thing. Like, what did you feel like in that moment? Man, in in the moment, it felt so surreal. It didn't feel real. And I think that really I wasn't thinking like, man, I kind of risked my life right now. Like, this is kind of dangerous. I think that like actions and activism takes fearless leaders. And I think that I try to channel that maybe sometimes a little too much. So I really wasn't focused on, hey, this is kind of dangerous. I was just kind of focused on, like the task at hand like we gotta get heard mm. and it felt it just felt so weird I was expecting a lot of white people in the crowd <laughs> because like <laughs> we in Arizona mm. and that's kind of just what happened and it was weird you expect allyship but when it happens like uh this is kind of weird because we're not really used we're not used to being put in the situation of being supported like that <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it is really weird yeah, and because there was a lot of different people there uh, standing in solidarity too mm-hmm. that day. Yeah, and and for me, like as a as a person who's not in high school, like it just felt really beautiful just watching you and 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 Jasper and the rest of your teammates, like really being like, no, like we're gonna do something that is needed. Like this is needed in our community, and and some of these students may never know you all, right? Like there may mm-hmm. be students who never know how this event, like how the SRO got got to be taken out of the school system. Like, and it's because yeah. of young leaders who were like, no, fuck it. Like, we're going to do something about this, right? Like, you literally have sown seeds and of just, like, like history. Like, it's historical what you and Jasper and everybody else did. Like, you were part of that, you know? So I have nothing but, like, respect for you. Thank you. Like, it gives me goosebumps. It really does. And... At the at the march, I read a poem and it was dedicated to my nephew and just thinking about how he's going to grow up in the Phoenix School District and the changes that we were able to make and how it's going to play out. And I can say I 
I'm able to see how it plays out in his life and his school journey. And that that's the part that I'm like, wow, (laughs) I can't believe it. It doesn't feel real at all. Mm. And there's been, you know, people in organizations who have been doing this work for a long time. And I was kind of expecting them to hijack the movement they're like they they offered a lot of help and assistance and I was like I don't know like are they gonna try to make this their thing but I wasn't expecting to feel so much love and support from that Mm. and they still allowed us to lead with their help on the back end wow yeah and and that's what it should be about you know empowering people around us and the youth and and women and just being like yo you do it right like you you yeah. you you can do this cuz i think that that's so beautiful and it's like like you get to experience it for yourself and and being at the front line you know what i mean cuz you organized that y'all organized that march in literally a couple of days right yeah. <laughs> within a couple of days it was it was crazy it went by so quick you know we went on a instagram like binge we were like emailing and dming a whole bunch of different organizations in arizona we're like will you repost this will you repost this please like just do it like (laughs) and i was and we got rapid response and i'm like that's how movement work is supposed to be it's supposed to be rapid response Mm -hmm. like there's some of them who is like kind of silent on it so i see them (laughs) organizations that did not repost did not reply and yet still posting so (laughs) we see you (laughs) we it's like a mental note right we gonna remember this (laughs) Mm -hmm. no for real and trinity how did you get involved with like activism and you know just really being about black people and and fighting for black people because activism and being an organizer it's not easy work you know it's not just posting Mm -hmm. a fucking or hashtag Black Lives Matter or another yep. name, right? Like it goes beyond that. So how did you as a 19 year old black woman, like how did you get to that space of, you know, being the activist that you are and the organizer? Um, it started last summer. Um, there's this wonderful woman named Shelly Jackson and she was working with this organization named Arizona Coalition for Change at the time. And they were doing this really dope um, fellowship. And basically like when people are saying, go join an organization, how do you mobilize yourself? Join an org, like <laughs> that's for real what I did. And people, I feel like people don't want to put in the time but that's really what it takes. Like that gives you your legs, that gives you your knowledge. and. I learned so much stuff that I would not have known today. Like, I don't think I would have been able to create flyers or <laughs> put on that sit-in with Jasper and Jamari and Leah and all my friends if we if I didn't have that knowledge from an organization. So that's kind of what I did over the summer. And I just started working with them. And I organized a club at my school. And I became president of it. And we did voter registration and we did a whole bunch of different stuff that's kind of where it started wow and then what were you like when was like your first ever big like protest like attending a protest and what was that like for you um what was it Ooh, <laughs> it wasn't I can't say it was like a long time ago I can't say I've been doing this for years but um it was definitely it was this year um I don't know. It might have been a We Rising because they organize a lot here in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. It might have been one of their protests. And oh wait, actually, no. <laughs> <laughs> the first um, protest I went to was back in I want to say it was I think it was 2016 actually when 
Trump came and there was a whole bunch of people rallying at his conference or whatever he wants to call it. Mm-hmm. I remember. And that was nuts. Like, that's my first experience of like, okay, the cops really aren't our friends. They were pepper spraying us and all kinds of stuff. And I was there with my sister and she just wanted to link up with her friends. She wanted to go to Hooters and eat. And I was like, no, like, it made me so mad. I was like, you want to eat? You want to eat chicken wings right now? I'm trying to, I'm trying to be out there. Like, I was down for the cause. And then I went home and I was watching the news and I was just bawling my eyes out. Like, I feel like I was so close to being a part of something, but I wasn't just because my (laughs) sister was there. But yeah, I think that was my first experience. (laughs) Wow. And then, um, like... I know you didn't grow up in Arizona, right? Because you grew up where? Mm-hmm. Where did you grow up again? Just a little bit about you. Um, yeah, I'm from Austin, Texas. I moved to Arizona five years ago. I was in eighth grade with my family. Wow. And then Austin, Texas, is it predominantly white or predominantly black? Ooh, that's the <laughs> See, that's the real tea. <laughs> like, Austin is the capital of gentrification. Like, you see it everywhere in it. It hurts so bad to see it. It used to be predominantly black, and mm. now it's just it's white. It's wow. white as day. Wow. So, like for you moving here, that wasn't a culture shock at all, right? Because I know there's like a bunch of white people here, and it's like, ah, oh, where the black folks at? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it still was a little bit of a culture shock, just because I went to a um, school who was majority Latino, and I wasn't really seen. <laughs> that much so it was a little bit of a culture shock but I think I was still young enough to where I didn't realize what was happening or realize my surroundings Mm, okay and then like for you moving here because you did touch a little bit about how like you went to a Latino school predominantly Latino um -hmm. was were you sometimes like the only black girl there or like (laughs) you know there's like one black girl in every class or you know that oh that one black girl type of thing the um I there was maybe like five of us like we congregated you best believe (laughs) like we sat at the same table every day like you know the vibes but when it came to just like who's the blackest in the room visibly that visibly that's not me but spiritually that was me like meaning like who's the most woke in the room like who's teaching other kids about what hbcu is Mm. which is not even my job to do right (laughs) like who's the blackest in the room as in like who's the most down for the cause you know Mm. like are you black enough based on this type of thing yeah like since my school hadn't really ever seen black people that much yeah i was (laughs) i was probably the only one in their eyes wow dang and i know for me honestly i feel like growing up in this state for black people especially black kids i one day when i have children i'm not raising them in arizona i can't do it just because (laughs) unless unless arizona you know becomes like there's more black people here there is more culture for us where it's not always a culture shock to be a black person in a room where you know it's like people are like oh my god like obsessed with your hair or touching your hair oh, like <laughs> like now nah, man I'm not doing it I I can't I I can't raise my children in this space because I feel mm. like I'm very open-minded and I'm very like about diversity like and I really mean that like those are my roots like about culture and 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 I want my kids to know 
to be surrounded by black culture and, and, and the diversity within black culture, because it's not just one way of being black, right? There's so many like different yeah. layers of black people, Ooh. like so many layers, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, when people usually ask me like, how do I uplift black women's voices? I'm like, I always tell them, pay attention to the awkward black girl, pay attention to her. Like that was me. Like, give her a voice, let her talk, give her the space, don't interrupt her, like, encourage her to speak up, like, Mm. pay attention to the awkward black girl. And that's, I think that's a person who's always forgotten. Mm. Can you, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no, um, I think they're the, also the ones who are least stereotyped, usually. Um, You know, like, the first thing that comes to mind, ghetto black girl, loud black girl, black girl with the colorful hair, the braids, like, not everybody has a bold and both personality you know like they're the least stereotyped which is weird but they're still black it's just there's no one way to experience blackness mm. no you're right and you did touch on uh, being the awkward black girl um I don't know if some of y'all on here watch Insecure but Issa Rae does mm. such a great job at yeah. like breaking down like that awkward black girl who sometimes doesn't know what the hell she's saying she's <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> you know, and and I just love that because I feel like every every for me like I can relate to Issa a little bit because sometimes I'm like I I I can't dance like I can't dance like a hey, like twerk 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 like I can't dance like that like and and you know I used to feel like damn like I'm not really that type of like I'm not that that yeah. like stereotypical black girl right like does that stereotypical black girl like oh she has to have a big booty like she has to know how to dance she has to know all these things and it's like. I well, well I don't like I got a little rhythm but I can't like I don't know how to dance like that right but <laughs> it doesn't mean I'm not black enough right yes. so yeah can you elaborate for you like your experience as a, as a black bi you are biracial or is it mixed race um I'm biracial well yeah my it took me a really long time to just learn what it means to be biracial and kind of just navigate through that space because um my dad is white passing but he has a black father and a white mother and I'm not really close with that side of my family so I didn't really understand I just thought he was white and I was like yeah I have a white dad and a black mom but it's way more complex than that and I really didn't understand it till probably three years ago Mm, okay well so that like for you uh being you know biracial like is it and is that like what does that look like in terms of like you did touch a little bit on on like the stereotypes like what types of stereotypes do you get being a biracial woman Oof. especially in a conservative state such as Arizona mm. oh that's complex <laughs> <laughs> um i think most of it came from just my childhood and how my family would talk to me i guess about race and a huge thing I don't know if this is like every black family but my family member like if they're trying to describe someone to you they're gonna they'll compare my skin tone to someone else's they're like ah, they're slightly lighter than trinity or they're around trinity shade or a little darker than trinity they would always do that and like yellow bone was in the vocabulary all the time Arizona they don't use that word I think like when we're thinking about stereotypes like really like right stereotypes we associate yellow with a whole different race and Mm. also I think being born in the south that's a really common that's yellow bone is like a really popular vocabulary but here it's not so just navigating that socially and having you know trying to experience 
like what it means to be compared to other people I think mm-hmm. okay and have you found that people treat you differently because you're lighter skin compared to like dark skin women oh definitely <laughs> definitely um I actually was talking to Jasper about that a little bit um like when I do visit my family in Texas, they don't look like me. Like, they are hillbilly south. Like, <laughs> they are the epitome of, like, country. I don't have a country accent at all. I was raised in the city. I had the opportunity to be raised in the suburbs. And it's, like, we have, like, a stereotype like, with metropolitan Black people is what I'm kind of calling it. Mm-hmm. Like, just really modern quotes, Black people. Mm-hmm. And... In that way, I do get treated differently a lot. <laughs> I definitely compare it to my family members. So I find myself a lot speaking on behalf of them um, or like issues that I think affect them that they're just not really like in, they're not really tapped in with. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because the only reason I ask is because I have like a, a couple light skin friends on um, there lighter than me. And um, one of the things that they have also noticed is like for them as light skinned women, um, it's like more people feel safer with them as opposed to like dark skinned women. So with dark skinned women, there's this like aggression of like they're violent, you know, like mm. they're more like that stereotypical black girl, like ghetto. And and then yeah. it's like with lighter skinned women, it's like the more acceptable black and it's like for for you like at ASU like navigating ASU do you think that that also plays in place with like you navigating school and just like going through all those kind of like different spaces since there's not a lot of black people in that space yeah. as well you know um wow another <laughs> complex thing so many different things come to mind that I could just rant about but um since there really isn't um a lot of black people at ASU and just this is my I'll be entering my second year but um my roommates from previous years um they're white and when I want to hang out with them I feel like they only see me as black even though like I am a light-skinned woman and my experience is totally different I feel like I'm just they only see black you know and Mm -hmm. I can only assume like if that's my experience with them I can't even imagine like what someone's experience would be if they're a darker black skin woman like mm. well no I I think it's and and that's what I love about what's going on right now that it's literally we're looking at everything you know like like George Floyd's death and Dion Johnson mm. like even though most people don't know who he is that are not from here but Dion Johnson was murdered the same day that George Floyd was murdered. Um, and he was from mm-hmm. Arizona in Phoenix and he was killed by a state trooper um, in, while sleeping in his car. Um, so he should still be here today. Uh, but like even with Dion's death, um, I think that and Breonna Taylor and all these killings, Ahmaud Arbery, like what it's all done is that it's exposed white supremacy um, mm-hmm. in terms of because for me to be honest I looked at white supremacy as you know like somebody like a, the KKKs right like straight up like yeah. you, you know like I, yeah. I, I hung niggers like excuse my language but that's exactly how they talk right like this is what I do I, I do this and um, and and it's like no like white supremacy is and like the more I learn about it like doing the work of anti-racism the more I'm like yo like 
we literally perpetuate, even as black people, we perpetuate white supremacy because we live in such a white Mm. world. Like everything that we do operates in a white world, period. So like Mm -hmm. with, with the uprisings, it's really exposed a lot of things we're having. We're seeing more people publicly make statements on their IGs about black lives but then it's like performative too because it's like (laughs) (laughs) it's like are you really though like do you really really uphold black lives not just for the show Mm. not not just for the trend but it's really exposing a lot of institutions it's exposing a lot of um the 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 schools like academia every single thing and how Mm -hmm. literally this whole country is embedded in white supremacy it really is everything Right. And, and it's like, for me, one of the things that I'm just like, um, I'm just kind of like, I'm, I'm really watching people like, I'm like, are you really about it, about it or not? Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is not a joke. Like, I don't care. Like, don't be, it's like, you can't just be sitting around waiting for another hashtag because that's not my reality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. that is not my reality my reality is that as a black woman every single day I walk out these doors I am a target or even in my own fucking house like mm. you know what I mean like we're in danger in our own homes because they just don't see us like our our yeah. bodies our blackness does not matter you know and and I think for me like one of the things that I'm, I'm curious to know from you, Trinity, is like with with everything that's been going on, even as an activist, as an organizer, like, you know, what has it been like for you seeing how, you know, we have people who claim to be on their IGs. Oh, you know, we stand in solidarity with black lives um, and then they put hashtag black lives matter and then they call it a day. What does that make mm-hmm. you feel like? Like when you see that type of stuff on IG? Two things. I think <laughs> one is you know, like really is disheartening. Like it's disheartening. And two, it can be scary depending on who it is, but like you like me, and I feel like you probably do this as well. You put a lot of resources on your Instagram or your story. You provide so many resources and it's like what you yeah. I see that you active. I see that little green dot next to your icon. I see that you are active on Instagram. So what are you doing? Like, if you're concerned of messing up your your Instagram feed and messing up your aesthetic, post it on your story. Mm. Like, share these resources. Share this knowledge. Like, there's really no excuse. And when you, I think, activists or you know, mo- movement-based workers, whatever it is, organizers, I think. We count them as small wins. Nothing feels like a big win. Like the the Blackout Tuesday or whatever people are posting hashtags. That's not really a win, but we're calling them small wins because at least it's progression. Mm-hmm. And people who are just saying nothing at all, it's really just disheartening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. There's no type of excuse. No, I agree. And I think for me, it's like I've been savage lately with how I am. <laughs> Block delete yes. report. <laughs> I'm, girl, I'm just like, honestly, I'm not with the shits. I'm just not yeah. with the shits. I like, I don't care. I'm just like, you know what? I really don't have time. 
I don't have right. time for the shits. Like mm-hmm. you cannot be neutral in a time where black people yeah. are dying. Like this is Come not on. a time to be like, oh, I'm gonna be comfortable. I'm not gonna say I don't want to say this. I don't want to st- uh, stand in solidarity with them because I may lose followers. Well, guess what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you are gonna lose followers for talking about black lives, for saying that you support us. Mm-hmm. Like you mm-hmm. are, and calling out your people. If you are a white person, you will yeah. lose followers period and and to me i'm in the space where i'm like yo honestly and it does it hurts like it hurts to lose close friendships it hurts to you know unfollow folks because they just don't get it <laughs> like it does but Bye. then it's like yeah and it's like like for what though like i'm not about to have you on my page yeah. like for what like and you just over here complicit and you think that that's okay mm. like but then like if it's talking about like you know about other things like sports like you really passionate on that you know what I mean like sports (laughs) like (laughs) you hella passionate but then when we when we trying to talk about black lives all of a sudden y'all quiet like fucking crickets it's like no (laughs) like I'm not doing it like it's not a time to be neutral I just can't Mm -hmm. I'm not with that and that is dangerous and it's it's a it's a threat to uh, to me as a black person because that tells me like if I was in that space if I became another hashtag you would probably not say nothing Mm -hmm. and that to me is problematic I just can't do that I just can't Mm -mm. I'm not with that Mm -hmm. at all and another thing I see like I um do my little self-portrait little photos hey, and they be fire too <laughs> thank you <laughs> and then i see people commenting like omg like so cute you're fine. like ah oh, like yes queen okay bitch like keep like i'm not the only black person like show that love to everyone like it's not just me like mm. Keep going, like spread the love to every black woman that you see. No, for real, not just me because you know me. Like, keep going, right? No, for real, for real. And and I don't know. I think that even like one thing that's been irritating me, to be honest, is like people commending other activists who are not local activists, right? Mm -hmm. And then you're dismissive of the ones who've been doing this work in your own community. Yep. I don't know if you've noticed that too. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> I've definitely noticed that. And I'm like, like the oh. like ahead. the Minnesota fund, um, which was very necessary. Like the the it was Minnesota fund, right? Uh, I don't remember. when they were they were calling for donations, um, but like they said, stop donating. Like they maxed out. They're like, okay, haha, jokes over. Stop donating. But they're not putting their money locally. Mm. They don't want to buy from black people. They don't buy from black owned businesses they don't donate to local organizations who are needing money to continue actions in their city that they live in in their neighborhoods they like they're putting their money in the wrong places just to like again performative activism hey look guys i donated and then they'll screenshot it put on their story who can match my donation mm-hmm. but that's not going towards local businesses and like organizations who are actually needing it mm-hmm. <laughs> not a, not somewhere who's like okay we don't need money anymore right and I think and to be honest Trinity for me like it, it, it irks me because it's like why don't we support 
the very things that are in our own backyards. Like there's been people, and I've been saying this on my story. I'm like, y'all need to support black led orgs that are doing this work too. They are doing this work. There's, 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 you know, BPOC, there's black lives, Metro Phoenix. Mm -hmm. There's all these types of, you know, mass liberation. They need help too. There's drinking gourd farms. Like they Mm -hmm. need help too. So to me, it's like, you know, and, and there's no shade if you did give your money to other, like, outside the orgs. Like, no shade to that. But I think that it also becomes problematic if you're not giving back to your own community. If you're not putting your own community up on the map as well. And seeing how you can support your own community. Because there's... there's- All right, y'all, we're back. We had some technical difficulties. Um, but as we were just having a conversation on... Just, you know, people supporting local Black-led organizations, um, I think that's very important. Um, and, you know, it's a, it, there's nothing wrong with supporting the big ones, like, that are not in states or locally. But I just think that it's also important for us to give back to our local community, community-led uh, Black-led orgs, because they're doing the work to, you know, getting connected to them and, and finding how you can help, you know. Um, so I just think that it's very, very important. Uh, Trinity, did you have anything to add about that as well, like, in terms of people supporting black lead orcs yes um remember like do your research on who these organizations are who's leading them who are the workers you know who's leading them who's the outreach you know mm. um what communities are they tapping into are they advocating for the issues that you're most passionate about because not all skin folk can folk hey so you just you better say that <laughs> mm-hmm. amen there's a they're not a Black-led organization. I don't know if I should drop their name, but I'm not going to. But there's this organization in Phoenix, and they're like a million-dollar organization. They're super well-known um, org down here. And <laughs> another organization had called them out for being anti-Black. And like this organization is like really credible. They're doing some great work, but another organization has to tell them that they're being anti-Black and they didn't want to see it at the table. Like, they didn't want to hear it. They didn't hop on the call that they were asked to, you know, so just do your research Mm. on who these people are. Like, you got to put in some type of work. No, I feel that. I feel that. And um and what I'm gonna do is I'm actually gonna put like um a couple links of orgs that I trust and that I've worked with, um that are really doing the work. Um, so I will put a link um in the description below and follow them on Instagram, learn from them, volunteer with them, and we're also I'm also gonna put like there's something called White People Against um White Supremacy. If you're white and you want to learn how to dismantle white supremacy, uh, these white folks are doing the work as well. So we're gonna I'm gonna be putting that in the link as well. Um, you know because we got to grow together y'all like it's Mm -hmm. like I can't I can't know the stuff that I know and not share with you all I think that's selfish if you know something that can help somebody um, it's important for us to share that that information you know Um, so because you know friends friends uh, what is it called Uh, sharing is caring or something like that (laughs) (laughs) yeah we're gonna take it back all the way to like kindergarten but (laughs) basic fundamentals that's pretty much what we're working with anyway yeah seriously like sharing is caring it's important you know um but yo how you feeling about this uh 2020 election though um it it kind of feels like a little bit of a lot like our last hope um I can't say I'm 100% happy with who our uh, nominee is but you know it's 
not Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I feel like that's everybody's attitude right now. Really, like, it's not Donald Trump. So that just because you don't like who's um, we we just gotta we just gotta vote anyway. Mm-hmm. Honestly. Yeah. And it's sad that we kind of have to think about it like that. Like, who's the worst of the two? But yeah, but that's like I would rather have Joe Biden over Trump any day. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like honestly, that's that's just me. Like, you know, and and it's and I know people are gonna be like, well, he did all this. I know, I know, and Kamala too. Like, she did all this. Yeah, and it's like, hard. <laughs> we've been saying no cops, no cops, and then here she comes. Yeah, like. Yeah, so it's hard. It's very hard. But I think that for me personally, um, I would rather have, because Kamala, like, yeah, she's done some fucked up shit. Like, she really, really has. Um, and and I just, I do want her to be accountable of those things and take ownership of, mm-hmm. like, yo, I did fuck up, you know? Um, yeah. Um, that's all it takes. <laughs> that's all it takes. But at the same point, I'm like, you know what? Like, she's done a lot too, like good things like and I think it's yeah. not fair for us to discredit the good things that she has done you know she's the first uh she was the first black woman in the to be like supreme in the supreme court or something like that in California and that's a big deal you know so yeah. to me like I appreciate that and you know she she's trying to be more on the side of like hey let's be progressive um mm-hmm. so I give her that and I would rather have her and you know she's pressed a lot of people a lot of people in power who have done a lot like questioning them like like grilling them basically you know mm-hmm. so yeah it's it's very it's it's an interesting election um and yeah. interesting time and it's especially for Arizona hell <laughs> yes you know, we're kind of on the edge here. We're like, uh, what's going to happen? Blue, red, blue, red. Yeah. It, it's a lot to just sit down and, like, live through. And, you know, like, there's huge potential to make historic times this year, <laughs> which is chilling. Yeah. And, and, and Arizona, if most of you don't know, Arizona is actually considered a swing state. So that means it can be, it's a close to being a blue state, you know? close mm-hmm. um so come on young people yes. like, it's, that's, these boomers can get out of here like <laughs> we don't need no boomers we need the young people out here voting that's what's really gonna make the difference yeah but then again you also have to think about it too trinity like I, like speaking for myself like honestly this election there's just even just like with everything that's been going on i'm gonna be honest like our elected officials from, you know, Mayor Kate Gallegos, like who I freaking canvassed for, knocked on doors for, um, and for her to do some of the things that she's done recently has been really hurtful and disappointing because it's like, yo, like we knocked for you, like black women, like Mm -hmm. supported you, but yet you're here allowing the cops to tear gas us and having freaking Mm -hmm. lockdowns. And, and it's like, and she hasn't even said black lives matter, you know? And, and to me, Mm -hmm. like I'm paying attention. I remember, you know, we remember like what you did in this time to all these elected officials. So for me, I'm going to be honest, like it's been a little hard for me, um, you know, because for so long and I was on that side of like, just vote, just vote. And it's like, but wait, like, but this is what these politicians are doing. So it's really hard, you know, and and I understand why most people don't want to vote. I get it. I get like why there's like, well, they're liars. They're all these things. I get it. I, I absolutely get it. But it's like we can't sit this one out. We just can't. Yeah. We just can't, y'all. Like, it's literally do or die. 
like yeah like everything is on the line and shit literally shit is going to hit the fan um whether trump wins or he doesn't so just y'all be prepared um so but we got to be vigilant you know and we got to stay connected to people that are doing this work and 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 knowing how to take care of ourselves too and being safe so yeah (laughs) that's how i feel about it (laughs) you hit that nail on the head uh and i hope like if anything out of it's kind of interesting to see how many things branch out of black lives matter Mm. like we're seeing a bunch of different organizations pop up and mobilize that aren't even black centered like they're not even they have nothing to do with anything Mm. but people are still mobilizing and i feel i mean voter suppression is a black person's problem it's like an everyone but white people's problem really Mm -hmm. (laughs) but i hope if anything they can get out of the movement it's vote like, if they can't get anything else, like, their conscience is not letting them get anything else out of this movement, it's just, just vote. Like, mm-hmm. come on. Mm-hmm. Like, get registered. Yeah. And make sure you also check, y'all, like, honestly, this voter suppression stuff is real. Uh, mm-hmm. It's happening. Like, make sure, like, don't wait for November to come to make sure that you are registered to vote. Please keep checking, like, just to make sure that you are, because to be honest, I had um, I had registered for the primary, which happened on August 4th. I had registered, like, I believe um, in May, at the end of May. And y'all, like, they told me I wasn't registered. So I couldn't vote. Mm-hmm. I know. What? Yeah, like, I went online to go see if I registered, like, if everything was good. Next thing you know, it's like, oh, well, you haven't registered. We don't have you on, on our records that you registered. I literally I called, yeah, I called the office to make sure that I changed, like, what I wanted to, uh, you know, identify with, um, what side. Because I first I had um, I'd registered as, like, an independent. Then I had to change mm-hmm. that in order to vote in the primary, right? Mm-hmm. And then now they're like oh well you're not registered so i was really pissed because i'm like i really wanted to vote like on august 4th so i didn't vote um so this shit is real it's really really real and i and i was reading on twitter and those like other people who were like oh that happened to me too yeah i was gonna say that kind of happened to me a similar situation i i've always been registered as democratic but um I had registered um, initially with, like, my permit. I didn't have a state ID yet. Mm-hmm. And then I got, like, a letter in the mail saying that I wasn't registered. But it was, like, almost about that time to go and vote. And it was a hot mess. Wow. Luckily, I was able to. But, like, there's... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I could have at least gotten noticed beforehand. I think they knew what they were doing. Yeah. There's really voter suppression happening. So, please, please, please make sure you are registered um, to vote, that you are good for November 3rd because we need every vote. If you are eligible to vote, um, please make sure you, like, you do it. <laughs> it's sad. Like, I'm for real like this, please. Like, we beg why do we have you? to beg people? Why we gotta beg people? Yeah. Like, there's so many. Voting is probably the most accessible it's ever been right now. Mm. Thank you, COVID. Like, if anything, that's the one thing COVID did right. Well, kind of actually that's a little messy that's a messy statement but <laughs> but like we can do it by mail now people who weren't el- eligible to get it by mail can actually get it by mail now like you can there's still things restricting us from being able to vote but it's still and hopefully stays accessible mm, wow no I feel it I, I hope it will because 
it just everything matters more than ever with this election period like it just matters um but I was gonna ask you Trinity like what are some things that you're doing um you know just taking care of yourself like mentally physically spiritually uh what are some self-care techniques you've been doing and you know just staying like obviously taking it day by day but like how are you taking Mm -hmm. care of Trinity you gotta sage yourself every day (laughs) like I feel like that really helps me and just um I really like my alone time um it's something that I just value um sometimes it's a it's a blessing and a curse (laughs) but I feel my most energized when I'm by myself sometimes and just taking that alone time to do it do whatever it is you need to do step away from the computer step away from the phone like get some candles going, some sage going, get your crystals all energized, like take a seat and relax. And it's some it's really hard for me to do that nowadays. Mm-hmm. But it even for just ten minutes, it really does make the difference. And if you start your day like that, like your day is gonna feel righteous. <laughs> <laughs> I feel it, I feel it. I try to meditate here and there to be honest, but some mm-hmm. I, I'm not gonna lie I don't wake up every morning like oh, I'm about to meditate nah some days yeah. yeah my emotions are just like everywhere just yeah oh, with this pandemic like everything is yeah. just everywhere but yeah whenever I do get to meditate um it helps a lot like just you know mm-hmm. being in that quiet space and just bringing centering myself like it really does help um and I'm not the greatest at it but I'm learning yeah. so <laughs> taking it day by I- day I think just the concept of meditating kind of scares people sometimes. So I'm just like, whatever feels good to you, like you can do it in the shower, like you can do it sitting up with your eyes open. It doesn't really have to look like crisscross applesauce with Mm. your eyes closed. Like you can listen to your favorite music and just concentrate on your breathing. Like just feel yourself and feel grounded and like recognize that you're human and you go through things and like sometimes, especially me, I can get caught up in the things that I'm doing. I really like to keep myself busy, but I'm not the best at it. Mm-hmm. So just recognizing, yo, you need to slow down. Like that's all it takes. Just being aware of what you're doing and saying, slow down for a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's real. That's real. And how did you come up with your idea, uh, your podcast? Um, let me see here. It's titled the Af- Af- Afro Afro Tech Afroetic yeah Afroetic. yay <laughs> Afroetic audio talk how did you come up with that uh so i stole inspiration from like poetic justice just that name alone not necessarily the movie or anything or the song but just that phrase and i looked it up i was like Afroetic, but initially i was thinking Afroetic, but somebody took that on instagram i was like damn and i was real sad and i was like man i'm gonna think of a different name now but that's kind of where Afroetic came from because it wasn't taken on Instagram yet. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted like an account to just be dedicated to justice and things that I want to talk about and things I want to post. So it's an Instagram account that I have called Afroetic Justice. And then I felt the need to kind of create videos but I was like, I feel like that's a lot of pressure. Like what's behind me? Is my camera clear enough? Like, is there noise in the background? Like what am I looking like there's a lot of factors I feel like at least for me um that goes into what a video would look like so then I went to audio and I was like podcast 
Well, welcome to the podcast, fam. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still a baby in it. Me too, girl. This is like my 13th episode. Um, so yeah, I'm not like the you're OGs. doing great. You're doing great. <laughs> Thank you, but and I hear you with that too. Like honestly, um, like for me, I just use what I have. Like and and that's something mm-hmm. I've loved about you too, Trinity. Like just watching your IG and like the photos that you post and like the content that you post. It's so real and and you're very vulnerable. Um, and, and I've loved how, like, you just share, like, this is how I took this photo. I didn't really use a lot, but I just used what I had. Like I made it work. Um, and, Mm -hmm. and I think that that's what makes us creatives, right? Like we just Mm -hmm. literally utilize whatever is in front of us. I don't have a freaking (laughs) big ass stage, like studio, (laughs) like I'm Mm -hmm. legit recording this episode in a closet. Like, (laughs) that's why I I have to do that too. I I work at a group home for like my main source of income and you have to leave. I went in an empty room, empty closet at the group home (laughs) while everybody was taking their mid morning nap. And I recording episode yes. like, like, people make excuses not to use what they have like it's right there right it's literally <laughs> using what you have and just being like yo like we just gonna make it work right because I feel like if you're waiting for like the perfect moment like if I waited mm-hmm. to have like the perfect studio yeah. the perfect mic right. the perfect uh crew like I literally do all this by myself. Like I I'm branding it like everything. Right. So like it's really teaching, right. Like you're learning about your business and like starting from the ground up. Like I really believe in working with what you have and starting small, like that's very powerful. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. so I just honestly commend you for your podcast and doing it and using what you have and, and being so real on with your journey as well, because that really like invites others to also be like, Yo, like if she can do it I can do it yeah you know so I hope I can at least be inspirational to someone I don't know that, hopefully that's what I'm doing Trinity you inspire me so much honestly like I just want to say that publicly like I know I've told you this a lot of times but you really just inspire me like the way that you're able to just be yourself and how you know you're so vulnerable and like so real like and it's very rare that you find people that can be just a legit like real human where it's not a facade like you're just like yo like this is me like I'm gonna keep Mm -hmm. it 100 with you like it's scary as hell but I'm gonna keep it real um and if you don't do you mind me sharing just a little bit about what you posted today only if you feel comfortable you can yeah definitely okay yeah and like even today like you shared about what you're going through with your family um and shared that story um do you care to just share a little bit about what you did share you don't have to go like in detail of everything but just like what you shared on instagram and what that felt like for you even like being so real and honest man (laughs) it it hurts like it's a lot of pain that comes with healing and it's like you you look at it and you're like okay I want to heal let me just get there but you don't think about all the different steps it takes in between and it was just painful sharing my story um so just a little bit about what I shared um originally I'm from Texas like I was saying earlier and pretty much we moved my um, mom my two sisters and then like I had a dog with us we moved from Texas and we like shoved a bunch of stuff in our car and then we just drove to Arizona like that was it and pretty much from that point on we were dealing with like a financial crisis like homelessness and not really knowing where to go and meeting new people and them offering us like a place to stay for the night like staying with new people um staying with hotel managers (laughs) like 
it was it was crazy for about three years and I was in high school during that whole thing and one thing I didn't do was tell people I didn't tell my friends I didn't tell my family what I was going through I still don't really communicate with my family about emotions and that's just something I'm trying to get better at so um this woman reached out to me um do you know conscious kids on Instagram um I've heard of that name before um he well it's not one person but they're an organization and they were doing this rent relief um um what is it not fundraiser rent relief fun yeah fun (laughs) (laughs) and this woman who follows me I met her at the march that we did and um she reached out to me she was like whoa like can you tell me more about this like are you okay she was just asking a bunch of questions and she has an organization called becoming vulnerable she was like I would love to help you out let's do a fundraiser like let's do a big sale anything like I really want to help you and that was when I just sat down and I typed out what I wanted to say and (laughs) every time I try to retell this story or think about it it I just cry like it's Mm. really really hard and it's just because through that whole time it was happening and all those years of not telling people and not talking about it it caught up to me (laughs) and people don't realize that suppressing your emotions really does come back to bite you at the end so yeah yeah, and that's what we kind of did and honestly today has been like a miracle like it's been unbelievable how much love and support I'm receiving just from today and we just put the video out so I'm just I'm beyond grateful Mm. well I first I just want to say thank you thank you for just sharing you know and and being vulnerable and saying hey like I'm gonna invite you into my life because it takes a lot to do that you know it's it's not easy it's not easy letting people know like hey I need help or this is what's going on with my story you know but like you said like suppressing our emotions is not a good thing and 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 it's it's so good that you're able to even like start that healing and and being part like being able to just express yourself in telling that story because I truly, that's part of the reason I created Kumo's Unfiltered Combos podcast, um, because it my my podcast started from a really broken place, like where I almost like mm-hmm. wanted to commit suicide, but I couldn't do it, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's where this started from. And, and I feel like there's healing in us sharing our stories and, and being vulnerable. It's not easy. It's, it doesn't always feel good at all. Um, but it's like, you really just like, it's like, it's you'd be amazed by how many people are like, yo, like, I want to support it. Like, I want to help. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, I, I know this person who knows this person, right? Like, yeah. and that and it goes back to community. And and I love mm-hmm. how you go, how you post it on your story, like my ask from my community, because we are a community at the end of the day and community helps each other. You know, we help yeah. each other. Um, and, and that's why I wanted you to just share a little bit about that. And I will be putting Trinity's uh, Cash App and Venmo um, in the description below. Uh, if you're able to help, um, please help um, her. She really needs help. Her family, you know, is needing help um, with, and she's going to tell you a little bit more about it in the description. Do you have like a, a link where they can like find out more information too about it? Um, yeah, I can send you the link to the original um, post that Becoming Vulnerable posted. Okay, yeah, that would be helpful. 
we're I'm trying to raise four thousand dollars. Um, my mom's having a surgery in September, and um, that'll put her out of work pretty much for the rest of the year. So I wanted to raise four thousand dollars to kind of surprise her, so that you know I don't have to like do all this heavy lifting. And I've been applying to like grants and rent reliefs and all kinds of stuff like a madman. Like you gotta use your resources, and that's what I've been doing. And I'm like, I, there's only so many out there. So I want to surprise her by the time her surgery rolls around, and be like, you don't have to worry about this right now. Mm. And I just don't want the same situation to happen because it's kind of it's always been a fear of mine that this could happen again and yeah my community is coming through like I feel so loved and I'm happy that you're you're feeling the support from the community Trinity because that's what it's about you know we all need each other and it's not just a freaking uh, phase or a word that we use like oh we're all in this together no like (laughs) no like for real for real like we are doing this life thing together you know and um however way that I can support and you know as well as my listeners, if you're able to support, please um, support by donating at the link that I will be providing. And, um, you know, it's going to be very helpful. So, yeah, just wanted to share that with you just so you can know how you can support our sister because she needs help. So thank you. Absolutely. And Trinity, now, before I let you go, I always ask this question <laughs> to all my <laughs> to all my listeners. Oh, <laughs> Okay, so the question is, what are some things that you want people to remember about Trinity, Trinity Miracle? Oh, <laughs> um, hmm. just remember, I'm human. <laughs> if you do come across my Instagram page, and I like... Just, just I feel like what I post doesn't represent me well at all like sometimes I'm a goofball sometimes I'm like I don't know what's going on like I'm just everywhere all over the place stressed out like even if it's a good mood it's just never take what you see on social media too seriously and get to know people for who they are and actually put that time in and you know it it, they they always say like you know social media is fake and this and that but it's just if you like to enjoy, if you enjoy making a certain type of content, maybe it's not in your best interest to like show your most vulnerable self on there. Some people, that's what they're all about and they want people to see them that way. But sometimes it's just not what you like to create and how you want to present yourself. But just get to know the people who you're liking and things like that. If if they're in your community, reach out to them, you know, make a conversation. Hmm. Social media is the best way to be indirect about something. <laughs> if you're afraid of not, if you're afraid of confrontation, slide to a DM. Just have friendly conversation. Um, what I have in my bio, I have like DM for family conversation, and I mean that. Like, let's just talk. I think I just really want to get to know people. And sometimes people do message me, and they just want to talk. And I'm like, this is great. Like, hi, you made a new friend. You made a new connection. You made someone. You met someone with the skill set you've never even heard of <laughs> you never know who you actually meet and we shouldn't really be afraid of who is online if you are following the right people and your algorithm is set you can meet some really great people like you and your podcast like I don't know that we would have been connected without social media mm-hmm. no right you're right that's absolutely right facts thank you for that trinity um 
and and I agree that I think that you know just reaching out and having conversations with people in your communities and getting to know people so thank you for that um again y'all y'all just listened to my episode with the the one and only trinity miracle Uh, (laughs) and i'm so grateful that you came on this platform um and i just want you to know that i am supporting you and afro afro i'm gonna get this right (laughs) (laughs) afro afro afrotic afrotic yeah there you Afro-etic go audio, audio talk hey. like I'm supporting that I'm supporting everything that you're doing I have nothing but respect for you um and thank you for being here and being who you are um and if y'all want to follow her please feel free to follow her on Instagram message her again she's open to conversation oh, yeah. um, but yeah other than that thank you so much again Trinity for coming on to Kumo's Unfiltered Convo's podcast did you have any last words before we head out um yes thank you to you (laughs) like this is so this is so cool I love what you're doing I fully support you and you're just a great person I'm so glad to have met you and you're probably the one of the most supportive people ever I really appreciate all the love you give love on this woman (laughs) thank you so much Trinity I appreciate that Um, But we will see all of y'all next time and make sure to subscribe to Afro, Afro tech, (laughs) Afroetic. It's A-F-R. Wait, I'm so sorry. Whatever. (laughs) Just find it. (laughs) Yes. Afroetic audio talk. Make sure to subscribe, leave a review and follow the one and only Trinity Miracle. And also make sure to also subscribe I mean, if you haven't subscribed already to my podcast, um, make sure you subscribe, leave a review and share um, and show some love. Um, It really means a lot. So thank you. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening, wherever you are listening from today, um, wherever, if you're in your car, you're sleeping, wherever you are outside, like, thank you from the bottom of my heart for supporting Kumo's Unfiltered Convos podcast. Um, Until next time, I'll see you all soon. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye. (laughs) Of course, right?